0: The Pod for the Cause, the official podcast of the Leadership Conference on Civil and Human Rights and the Leadership Conference Education Fund, where we expand the conversation on the critical civil and human rights challenges of our day. I'm your host, Ashley Allison, coming to you from Washington, D.C. Hey, everybody, we got the Pod Squad. You know, this is how we kick off every show, where we talk pop culture, social justice, politics, and everything in between. Today is our Pride episode, and I have some amazing guests for you today on the Pod Squad. First, I got my homegirl, Rafi Freeman-Gerspan, who used to be the White House liaison for the Obama administration for the LGBTQ community, and now is the deputy director of All on the Line at the NDRC. And we have Charlotte Clymer, the press secretary for rapid response at HRC, the Human Rights Campaign. Gerard Burley, also known as Coach G, because only his daddy calls him Gerard, who is the owner of Coach G Fitness and Sweat DC. As I said, we're talking all things Pride on the Pod Squad.
1: Hey,
2: thanks for having us. Hey. Happy Pride! Woo! Pride! Pride. What y'all yes. do for
0: Pride? Rocky, let's start with you.
1: Girl, I can barely remember it because mm, I was partying you all three up. days. Mm-hmm. But actually, I had so much fun. DC Pride in particular is just so full of life, so full of diversity and so full of multi-generational folks just like out there celebrating. I come from Boston, which has had a pride that's been pretty big, but over the years is kind of getting slow. No offense to my Boston people. (laughs) And I come down here five years ago and I'm like, what is this? This is amazing.
2: The entire city is part of it. I was really, really proud to be out there.
0: That's awesome. Coach G, what'd you do?
2: Everything. We had, like, Pride workouts, where I was out at the parade, then I was out at the festival. It's really like a back-to-back-to-back to back to back just occasion going on, concert going on. So, like, definitely Monday morning, like, a brick hit me. I was like, whoa! Yeah I'm prided out. I'm so proud. Mm. Yeah. I'm still feeling proud. And
0: Charlotte, what'd you do for Pride? I drank a lot.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it was
0: fun. Water, right? You stay hydrated. No, Rocky's
3: on point. DC Pride is just the best. I mean, DC is the... LGBTQ capital in the United States. We have twice the rate of LGBTQ people of any state. And so we do it up. We have a great party every year. And that was no exception this weekend.
0: I agree. I stopped by the parade, but I did my fitness dance workout pride class with my sister and we was twerking and having a good time all in the effort of being proud, celebrating pride and burning some calories. Mm. Okay. <laughs> I'm
2: all about it. All
0: about it. Cause you know, Coach G, maybe you can make us do a little workout too. So let's talk about why pride is so important to everyone. But also, we have some legislation that is pending. You know, we talk about politics here, we talk about things that we need to do. Leadership conference, fights for civil and human rights rights. Charlotte, can you talk to me a little bit about the Equality Act and tell our listeners why it's so important and where it is right now
3: in the Congress? So I'll try to give a nutshell version. But, you know, back when Obergefell was being decided and it was pretty clear that same-sex marriage was on the way to being legalized throughout the United States, there was a big concern that, and a rightful concern for many advocates, that once same-sex marriage was legalized, that a lot of folks would just believe that the queer rights movement is over. And we've seen that kind of come to pass. We've been lulled into a sense of complacency because in 30 states, LGBTQ people are still at risk of being fired, denied services, denied housing, denied credit, denied public accommodations solely on the basis of gender identity or sexual orientation. So what we're trying to do right now as a movement is get the Equality Act passed, which would make federal non-discrimination protections legal across the board throughout the United States, that if I start driving in San Francisco to New York across the country... The rights to which I'm entitled as an LGBTQ person will not change numerous times based on what state or city or region I happen to be driving in. So that's what we're trying to do right now. The U.S. House passed overwhelmingly.
0: Congrats. That was a huge accomplishment.
3: Oh, it was amazing. And it was, you know, it was a huge coalition of folks, you know, HRC, of course, but NCTE, National Transgender Law Center. I mean, all these folks kind of pitched in to get this done. The problem, though, is that even though 70 percent of Americans want this, even though the U.S. House passed with a bipartisan vote, Mitch McConnell refuses to bring it to a vote on the floor of the Senate. And so we need to pressure him to make sure he brings it to a floor vote.
0: Now, even if it were to pass the Senate, we'd have to go to the White House. Mm-hmm. And we know Trump. I mean, he wasn't even in the states these past couple of days. He was over in U.K. Rafi. The people in the U.K., they showed up and showed out. They were not having it. And the memes of the queen, like, peeking, like, is he gone yet? Mm -hmm. I was dying. (laughs) So, you know, Mitch McConnell is an obstructionist and doesn't support LGBTQ rights right now with the Equality Act. But what about Trump? Like, where does he play into all of this? And
1: what about his trip to the U.K.? Well, I mean, that trip was just it was such a farce and it was such... Day and night in terms of what was happening at the royal palaces and the queen is going to do her job, which is to be a head of state and to stay out of politics. Unfortunately, we don't have a head of state who Mm -hmm. knows to just keep his mouth shut when it's just a ceremony or whatever. Although I will say I was a tad surprised that he kept it together during D-Day. But... What is so apparent in our British cousins overseas is that they are so disgusted by not only the rhetoric on LGBT issues, human rights issues, but also climate change, Mm -hmm. trying to drag us to war with Iran. So just so different. Right. Mm -hmm. The thing that scares me when I think about. Who's in the White House is not only just the president, but who's around him, those Mm -hmm. advisors, and in particular, the vice president, who's been very anti-LGBT and actually even today said that it was essentially the right decision for the State Department to not fly those pride flags outside of embassies across the world, as they have done for basically the past decade. So I was very heartened to see the thousands and thousands of people on the streets of London and throughout the UK really just... Sort of standing in solidarity with us. And I hope in some ways we, the American people, can get up and do that more and more often. I'm a little bit concerned that we're not in the streets as much as we probably should be.
0: Yeah, Coach I want to come to you. So Mitch McConnell not supporting Equality Act. Trump not wanting folks to be flying flags to celebrate. Love is love. And then this past couple of weeks, Ava DuVernay released something. I thought the story of When They See Us was heartbreaking, brilliant. We knew how the story ended, but it was so heavy to watch. You said you just recently watched it. There was also an LGBTQ, a trans woman in there that had a part of the story that I thought was so important because oftentimes in black cinema, we cut out. it out, we're right? We like, oh, were who? like, who? Right, she what? Right. Because the story of When They See Us, the Quality Act not being supported by Mitch McConnell, it's all effort to disappear communities. Talk about what you were feeling when you saw When They See Us.
2: Yeah, that series was very heavy. And it's a story that, especially as a black man growing up in Baltimore, we know like everyone has a brother or cousin who's been in the system off of something crazy. Mm -hmm. right? And we look and we're like, we know that story but when you see it, the way it was told, and I think the more impactful thing for me was like 14 years old.
0: I know, they were babies. Like
2: like this is a child and I think Ava did an amazing job of depicting, I just appear evil, I would say, is that the right word, Mm -hmm. of the prosecutor? Mm -hmm. Like, when you know it's wrong, you're gonna destroy a kid's life. And even today, she came back, I I think I saw, like, she, like, wrote into, I don't know, the Post or something, Mm -hmm. like, that she was depicted horribly, like, no. It was real, and we know it's real. Mm -hmm. Like, why can't you just fall on your sword? And That's something we see across the board politically and everything. It's just like, oh, I was wrong? Oh, was I?
0: And no consequences for it. They lose their whole childhood, their innocence, their whole life, Mm -hmm. and no consequences for those that are at the hand of trying to disappear communities, hurt communities, break families apart. I mean, I just I don't understand Yeah, It
2: It was definitely a heavy watch, but a must watch. I think it's even more importantly for white communities will see this and even visualize like see the innocence in it Mm -hmm. and visualize that like things that you see in people who are portrayed as monsters or different, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, in the Pride episode, you know, what we're talking about is like, it's all that we all come together and be proud and be confident in your skin. And I think, you know, we're not different. We have a lot more similarities and differences. Yeah, absolutely. we gotta show that.
0: I mean, that's the whole point of a leadership conference. We're a coalition. We believe we're stronger together. Kind of goes to your point, Rafi. I wanna pivot a little bit. Mm -hmm. I try not to talk about these folks, Jenner, oh. the, the Kardashian crew, recently, I know, right? Why? I mean, she just recently hosted a birthday party themed The Handmaid's Tale. I don't know if she hasn't seen the show. I don't know if she doesn't understand what oppression is. I just don't know. Charlotte, if you could say anything to our dear Kylie, what would you tell her about this birthday party?
3: I'd say you should watch that show and it should channel you into advocacy. Right. Um, I mean, you know, the family that's involved in step party has numerous daughters, including three black daughters, by the way, who are overwhelmingly affected by sexual violence, misogyny, etc. And so you'd figure that they'd watch that show and it would spur them to advocate on these issues. The video was pretty disgusting. I got to say, you know, you walk in and it's, it's this glorification of a novel in which women are literally raped throughout the series. They're just used as vessels for pregnancies.
0: There's no respect for human dignity if you don't connect the dots between what The Handmaid's Tale and Margaret Atwood was trying to get across and making a joke out of it. Coach G, Rafa, you got anything to say to our
1: dear Kylie? I I think that I'm very careful about trying to make class distinctions. Mm. But the reality is, as we know, for poor women, for poor people, but in particular for poor women, for women of color, this is lived reality. And as a trans woman of color myself, this is something that I fear all the time when it comes to dating, when it comes to just even being out with friends, you know, and really wanting to make sure that people are aware of each other. And I recognize so many of My friends who are frankly white and male and even from an upper class upbringing just don't think about these things and then make offhanded comments about, you know, essentially rape, you know, or they don't even know that they're making jokes out of it, you know. And I actually think the Kardashians, there was such a moment of opportunity to teach that Mm -hmm. was lost here and hopefully someone can wake them up because they have such a platform and I don't think that they're at the end of the day evil people but I think they are truly misguided and someone really needs to talk to this girl and be like what the heck were you doing Like wake up what about you coach I try
2: to always put everything into the optimistic term right (laughs) so I'm hoping that by this fumble lightly, you know, just being super, super ignorant that on the flip side, it'll bring so much awareness. And it's right. Like when things don't affect you, when things are three or four separations or degree of separations from you, you look at it like, oh, it's just that. No, it's not just that. That's a person like that could really happen. That does really happen every Mm -hmm. day. And people don't really see that. So I think hopefully like the backlash, She'll learn something, and by her learning something, her one billion followers and everyone else will learn something, too. And everyone who they think doesn't affect them will kind of see, like, oh, this does affect me, and then big boo-boo.
0: Yeah, I hope so. I mean, I think if you look at older sister Kim, what she's doing right now around advocating for criminal justice reform mm-hmm. and working with different folks to get them out of prison, it's quite promising. I mean, it is a perhaps 180 in terms of kind of where she originally entered. She's come a long way. She's come
2: a long way. (laughs) I mean, Ray J long way. (laughs) Ray J's long way. That's the longest way you can come almost.
0: Okay. (laughs) All right. (laughs) We're going to make that hard pivot off of Ray J. (laughs) So before we close up our segment, I just want to say we have come a long way in terms of the conversations and acceptance of the acceptance of folks that identify as LGBTQIA, but we haven't come... Far enough. And if you could tell our listeners one thing that would mean change or transformation that they should know and they should advocate for and why pride is so important, what would be that one thing you would tell them to help move us forward in another step towards equality? Rafi,
1: let's start with you. I actually think it's more about social acceptance when it comes to families. And I think about in particular, like I was mentioning, being out and meeting people. Dating is changing in Mm. our world, but there's still shame around bisexuality. There's still shame around people who are attracted to trans people. And everyone needs to relax. Because at the end of the day, you know, it's just about who you're connecting with and having an authentic relationship with. And what was really exciting about this past Pride, frankly, was I saw a lot of relationships and honestly making out happening that I was just like, that is so cool because I wouldn't have even seen that five years ago. So my ask to people is chill out, stop making assumptions about people and let people be themselves, whatever that is.
0: Charlotte, I want to go to you. What do you think is that one thing you want to tell our listeners?
3: So the first Pride was a riot started by trans women of color. The modern LGBTQ movement was started by trans women of color. And, you know, we've seen nine black trans women killed so far this year. We saw 26 trans people killed last year, 29 the year before that. The vast majority of them, black trans women. And so what I would love for folks in general to do is be more aware of, you know, the fact that we are in an epidemic of anti-trans violence. The more visible that trans people overall become, the more vulnerable we are to discrimination and violence, particularly folks of color who are in the trans community. This is an atrocity happening in slow motion, and we need people Mm. to be more aware of it.
0: I could not agree with you more. Coach Jim, I'll let you close out. What's that one thing you want our listeners to know?
2: I think overall, it's easy to hate what you don't know. And even a lot of what I see, like even within our D.C. community, even within our LGBT community, there's so much segregation and separation mm-hmm. between it. I mean, what, two weeks ago, we had Black Pride here. And you want to talk about night and day, like right. Black Pride to mm-hmm. Capital Pride or how some people call it White Pride. Right. Like, <laughs> be real. There's so much separation. But I think it's rooted in us thinking that people are so different. I would love to see more opportunities for us to be forced in a room, lock the door, some wine, and we sit and talk. Once you start talking like, oh, these same insecurities. I I even think like at our studio, like I'm one of the only gay people like on our instruction staff. I'll sit down with some of our straight males and like they're like, oh, you go through that? And I'm like, yeah, it's yeah. the same thing. Mm. It's just I'm looking at a guy. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> I'm a
0: human being. And they're like, oh man, that's crazy. <laughs>
2: Mind blown, Shorty. You know? <laughs> and it's like, if we have those kind of conversations like organically every day, like how different our community would look mm-hmm. in five years. If we bleed that into with straight communities and everything, and yeah. we just kind of sit down and see where we are similar. I think a lot of progress can happen because it's easy to hate something that doesn't have a name, a face, and a story. Mm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I'll just say for me, as an ally to the LGBTQ community, to my cisgender folks be a friend, be an ally. Be open, learn, accept what you don't know, but be curious enough to find out. And remember, love is love. I want to thank Rafi, Charlotte, Coach G for joining us today on the Pod Squad for our Pride episode. (laughs) Coming up, we have a special guest with us today, Isis King. So don't go anywhere. You won't want to miss it. What? to pod for the cause today we are talking all things pride in our special pride edition and we have a special guest with us she's a trendsetter groundbreaker and is currently under consideration for emmy for her new role as norman and marcy wise in the netflix series when they see us i am so honored and excited to have actress and model isis king with us today on pod for the cause welcome to the show isis Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Listen, I'm like starstruck right now. So we're going to jump right into it, okay? because we got a lot of things to cover. The first thing I just want to know. So it's Pride Month. We've been talking about all the different things folks earlier on the show have been doing. What are you doing to celebrate Pride this month?
4: Because of my role on When They See Us and honestly, the murders of so many black trans women, I think what I'm doing for Pride is really speaking up for my sisters. I think that's the most important pride is about being happy about who you are and i think encouraging other trans women to be confident and happy and feel safe is the best thing i can do for pride that is awesome and so
0: let's just jump right into it so this country has seen a wave of killing trans women of color black trans women in an epidemic and one i don't think is getting enough attention but when you talk about how We need to have spaces for people to really feel comfortable in their skin. What advice, if we have any listeners that are struggling with that right now, what advice would you give them to how they can be proud and live in their skin in full confidence?
4: I really think that your chosen family or your family is very important. A lot of us, say, are kicked out of the house. So you have to have a chosen family, right? So I feel like finding people that love and support you is the first step. Finding that confidence. Of course, you have your own journey on your own, but when you have that confidence coming from all directions, it really helps you to get that confidence quicker. So I think that that's one of the most important things.
0: I want to talk a little bit about the series When They See Us. I'll tell you, I've watched it twice. The first time, man, it's like I started at 11 p.m. I finished at 3 a.m. I cried for six straight hours. But then the second time, one so many tears is rage. And so... One of the things that happened with your character is that Marcy was kicked out of the house. Can you talk about what it was like to be on that set and play that role of starting as the transition from Norman to Marcy Wise in that character? What was that like?
4: I will say as far as the Marcy aspect, I remember I've always looked up and admired Niecy Nash. So I remember when we got there at the beginning of the day. I saw her and I was like, I have to say, I'm so nervous (laughs) because I've always looked up to you as someone who's so funny and I know the things you have to say to me. And, you know, that makes me nervous. And she gave me a hug and was just like, It's okay, baby. We're going to get through this. You know, she was just so very sweet. For the Norman part, people keep asking me. And, you know, a lot of people would think that I would be so nervous to play that part. But as an actress, I've been doing this for just about a decade. And, you know, I've been wanting a part since Top Model. You know, I come off, so you're kind of typecast as like a model type. And I've been waiting for a part that allowed me to not look like myself, you know, that allowed me to have a different wardrobe. You know, when I went in hair and makeup, I asked for the sideburns. I was like, can I get sideburns too? You know, every little bit just made me feel like Say Charlize Theron and Monster, or Rebecca Remain as Mystique and X Men. Like I've been waiting for a part that allowed me to really step outside. So I was super excited. And walking down the street of Harlem from the the hair and makeup trailer to set, I was like had a little pep in my step. And I was just like, "Are you a little too comfortable?" Not- <laughs> <laughs> like I, even to myself, I was like, "You're too comfortable right now." And I think when I would think back to me say early in my career. I don't know if I would have been comfortable at this point, but, you know, wanting to do this, doing this for so long and wanting to really be taken seriously, having this opportunity really made me so excited that I was just like, I want to do my best. And, you know, Ava, what do you think? You know, so I really appreciated that moment. And being in that scene, talking to Jerome, who plays my little brother, I have two younger brothers, I'm the oldest, so I know that conversation all too well. I just had that conversation with my brother this morning, actually. And it's just like, you got to do good. You got to pay attention. Like, I want you to do your best. So that part came so naturally because I always try to encourage my brothers. And as far as getting kicked out the house, I was never kicked out the house because I had to think ahead of the game. And I said, okay, let me save my money. And I told my mom right when I knew I was going to be moving to New York to transition. So I just didn't want her to have that option if it was going to be an option because I've heard so many stories. And yeah, I moved to New York and I found that community in the ballroom scene.
0: You know, in film, you probably know way better than I'm not an actress, but like I was watching something that Billy Porter was talking about recently is how people try and typecast you. So the opportunity that you were able to get at the round table, right? Yeah. Right. It's like, you know, if you're a black woman, you got to be the angry black woman. If you're a trans person, you have, you know, and it's just like, you are a talent. You are so talented and you have so many ways to present yourself. And it's like, we'll give people the opportunity to truly shine. Now, can we rewind the clock a little bit and talk about your time on America's Next Top Model? What was that like breaking out that way? I love that show. I always thought I could be on it, but I would have been a plus size model.
4: <laughs> I hope Tyra come back with more seasons because we need more. I have never stopped loving Top Model. I remember when it first came out, I believe I was in like 11th or 12th grade, you know, I didn't tell anyone at that time that I was trans. I knew my whole life. But I was just watching a show like, oh, my God, I would love to do something like that. I would have never guessed that I would be in a position to do that because it wasn't even an option. It wasn't even something that I thought was possible. The only representation I saw of trans women was on Jerry Springer or Maury. So going on Top Model, you know, I was living in the shelter at the time. And I just went on the show saying I have nothing holding me back. I have nothing to look back at. And I just want to do my best because this is going to change my life. And, you know, when I got eliminated the first time, because I was on there twice, when I got eliminated the first time, I literally thought, like, I remember crying in the confessional because I was just like, what am I going back home to? Like, this was my only opportunity. And I didn't think that it would change my life the way it did, even though I didn't win. I mean, granted, that $100,000 was a night. Right. (laughs) I know that's right. (laughs) But it really did change my life. And I was just thinking the other day, I have to constantly give Tyra the praise because when I first moved to New York as a black trans woman, I was told the only thing that you're gonna be able to do is sex work. You know, that's the only option you have because that's what we do as trans women. Someone told me in the ballroom scene and in my heart I was just like, No, you know, if that's something that's gonna happen, it's not gonna be because someone tells me that's my only option. So I just remember not really seeing anyone around me that dreamt more, you know, or had the same kind of dream that I did. So When I went on Top Model, I have to think Tyra because that allowed me to dream bigger. I didn't think that I could be on Top Model, you know? So when I went on there, it unlocked my brain and my imagination and said, you know what? If I can do this, I can be the actress that I always wanted to be, that I just thought, oh, yeah, you're crazy. And that really allowed me to dream bigger and allowed me to be more than even I thought at the time that I was. It's like things I knew that I wanted, but I didn't think it was possible, so... After the show, I literally just started dabbing into everything. And back then, it wasn't really any trans roles that often, or I would always hear, you're too passable, or you're too petite, or your voice is too light. So that was always the issue with me, with acting at the beginning. But I never gave up because top model, you know, that was something I looked at as a high schooler, a little scrawny boy looking at top model and saying, wow, I wish I could do something like that. The sky's the limit. And now the next generation is going to see not just me, but so many different options. You have trans women in politics. You have models, actresses. You have directors, producers. You have doctors. You have so many different options now, especially with social media, to see what you can possibly be that the next generation will never hear someone say, oh, this is the only thing you can be because that's what we are.
0: I mean, you literally went from being eliminated on Top Model to being nominated for an Emmy. Like, that is... Well, well and consideration. Well, I'm listen, girl, I'm speaking it into truth, okay? You're going to get that in me, okay? If not for this one, for something. we going to claim that, all right? I'm
4: claiming it. Thank you so much. I'm so excited. I'm
0: claiming it for you, okay? So I would love to kind of go inside your brain, like what is giving you inspiration right now? What is the thing that is pushing you and driving you to your next project? I want to know what that one might be also, but what is giving you inspiration these days?
4: I think for me, even choosing my name, I named myself Isis because I felt like I had a bigger mission, and I, I just wanted to live up to the name of the goddess. So I kind of my whole career have been trying to live up to that, and just trying to be someone that inspires and motivates people. I just feel like I keep going because there's so much more. I feel like I haven't even hit the surface of what my destiny is, is in this lifetime, and I feel like every little thing I do, I'm just like, this isn't it. This isn't it. Like it's more. It's more. And I think that that is what keeps me going. I feel like I went the road less traveled a lot of times. And because I really haven't saw a blueprint of what I can possibly do, I've been kind of figuring out as I go. And like I said, I feel like it's so much more for me to accomplish and to do. And this is just the beginning. And every time I hear a story about how I influence someone to move to the US to follow the dream as a model, or I encourage somebody to do this, or I help their family do that, or I kept someone from committing suicide. Each little story I hear about how I helped someone by just me living my truth, really gives me the fuel to keep going and to try to live my life in such a positive way that I can continue to help other people.
0: I asked you what gives you inspiration, but you are an inspiration yourself. So thank you for all that you do. You got any new projects up on the horizon or what are you hoping to work on next? I mean, I would just bask in the glory when they see us for a while because, I mean, it was so amazing. But what's next for you?
4: Well, I'm trying the whole, you know, I'm doing the whole social media influencer thing right now during Pride because Pride is such a important time. And, you know, corporations are starting to come around, but hopefully they're giving percentages away to the community you know, I'm making sure anything I do that it definitely is a company or organization that is given back to the community because so many people are jumping on board. Episodic season is coming up soon, so I think that will really show the moves I made, how it can possibly help. I'm just ready to do more auditions, honestly, I'm so hungry. I feel like it's the beginning of my career. A lot of people think like, "Oh, but you've been doing this for so long, but even just more recently, I was turned on an audition to audition for it because I said, oh, we love her, but she's just too pretty for this role. That's what my manager told me. And I had to school her and let her know that's the new way of saying I'm too passable, but it's just a more politically correct way of saying it because you can't really just say that anymore in audition. And I feel like we should all be given that option. That's why I thank Ava because she could have easily said the same thing, you know, with me playing pre and post transition, but she really let me come in there the audition I was like can I take my wig off you know I put my <laughs> shirt covered my boob. like let me show you that I'm serious I don't want to just look pretty it's not about looking pretty with acting I really want to bring these characters to life and I'm serious about this so I really hope that that translates into auditions to come and as far as what I want to do I'm such a quirky person I would love to be a part of a rom-com that you know has a lighter note I remember in one of my acting classes the teacher was just like you're just so funny I can really see you in comedy. I was just like, they really haven't opened up that division for trans people yet. Everything we do, you know, it is important for people to see our real stories. But for me personally, I trip around, you know, like I trip when I walk or if I go on a date, I'm really shy, you know, we're all so different. And I would just love to play a part where I get to show that aspect of some of our lives. And also, you know, I really would love to play a superhero you know i'm such the biggest like geek i would love to do something like charlie's angels i want to go training like like holly berry and John Wick. i want to do like three months of some type of martial arts or shooting training i want to do that i want (laughs) to cry to my manager and say i'm so sore this is so hard like i can't wait for that that's awesome because i want to be pushed as far as designing or even modeling i feel like Oh, I'm the best. You know, when I get on the wrong way, you can't tell me anything. When I show something, you can't tell me anything. But acting really, really pushes me. And I think that's why for so long I've really been adamant about chasing acting because I love that challenge. So,
0: you know, we started the talk about, you know, how were you celebrating pride and you were honoring your sisters, women of color, trans women who have been murdered. And it needs to be getting more attention. We've been talking about that on the show. But as we close out, I guess my last question is, if you could tell our listeners, what does pride mean to you?
4: I think pride means celebrating who you are, stripped away of everything else. I think it's just celebrating that you get to be yourself. We live in a world or we live in a country unfortunately that harms us or takes away our things because we are who we are and I think it's just important to stand up strong and brave and say this is me no matter what you take away from it I will always be me
0: listen the world, this country, people all over are so glad that you are who you are and that you are brave, that you are groundbreaking, that you are doing all the things that you're doing. I can't wait to see what's next for you. I will be following you forever on Twitter, in your career. You are awesome. Thank you so much. Everyone, this is Pod for the Cause. We have been talking to Isis King and we are just celebrating pride. We are celebrating her and there are only great things to come. Coming up, I'll hit you with some real talk during our Hot Take segment, where I get a few things off my chest in three minutes or less. pod for the cause where we've been talking all things pride today. And between our pod squad and our phenomenal guest, Isis King, I have a few things to say. You know, I grew up in a small town in Midwest Ohio, Youngstown. And the reality is in that town, we didn't grow up really talking about sex. We didn't talk about straight people. We didn't talk about gay people. We didn't talk about it. Right. It was just something that was over to the side. And you might not even know really existed depending on the home you were raised in. And the reality is, on the journey of being an ally, for many people, including myself, it has been a little bumpy to be a friend and an ally and a true supporter of people of the LGBTQ community. And it hasn't been because I didn't accept them. It was literally out of ignorance and not knowing. And so today I just wanna talk about and be honest and vulnerable about how important it is to be an ally and my journey of becoming one. So, you know, I didn't know my first gay person until my best friend in high school came out to me. And I remember I cried. It wasn't because I didn't want her to be gay. It was literally because I did not know what to do. I didn't understand why she had never told me before. I felt like, did she think I was going to hate her? And so we ended up graduating from senior year in high school and going to college together. And I'm still in contact with her via Facebook. But I remember just feeling stuck like, well, what do I do with this now? And then I went to a college in a slightly larger town of Columbus, Ohio, and definitely had an opportunity to learn more, to meet more people who identified as LGBTQ and actually learn the term of being an ally. But the reality is, other than having a couple of friends, I didn't really show up for the LGBTQ community the way I should have. I wasn't ignoring them and I wasn't discriminating against them. I just wasn't actively trying to support them. Then, you know, I moved to New York and lived my best life. And that was just like a whole nother experience. But that's for another show. We're not talking about that today. But quite honestly, it wasn't until my adult life when my sister came out that I said, if anyone ever tried to come for her, they would have to come through me first. And I think for the first time in my 30s, I really learned what it meant to be an ally. And so for all the people out there who are cisgender and don't identify as LGBTQIA, We have to be courageous enough to know that we got the internet, the Googles is out there, Google, find out yourself. But I also just want to give us a couple things to think about as we celebrate pride and we create space for people to be their authentic self. The first thing I want folks to know is that it's not about us. People need to be able to have the space to learn to love themselves first and then allow themselves to open their heart to love whoever they are called to love. The other thing is, it's really none of our business So we need to stop projecting sexuality onto LGBTQ folks. I don't need anyone in my bedroom, and I surely don't need to go into anybody else's bedroom. It really is all about love. If we can just start to approach people and not care what they are or how they identify and just have a heart that is exuding love, we'd all be a lot better off. And then the final thing that I always hear people say, and I kind of said it today in this hot take, is that If you don't know someone that is gay, then you don't really have an ability to be an ally. And that's just not true. We are all in spaces where we can hold space for people, whether they are in the room or not. And when you hear slanderous things or discriminatory comments for people who identify as people of color, trans people, LGBTQ people, it is our responsibility. And it is our right to stand up for them and truly be an ally. I'm so excited that I get to celebrate pride with my sister, with my friends, and everyone else across the world and country that identifies as LGBTQ. And I promise and commit to be the best ally I possibly can be. For listening to Pod for the Cause, the official podcast of the Leadership Conference on Civil and Human Rights and the Leadership Conference Education Fund. For more information, please visit civilrights.org and to connect with me, hit me up on Twitter at Pod for the Cause. Be sure to subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast app and leave a five star review. Until then, for Pod for the Cause, I'm Ashley Allison. And remember, a cause is nothing without the people.
4: I'm coming